from TMP to TTNG For sure the cure in those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive. Mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more. Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore. Welcome to episode 14 of the E-Word. This is Kyle here in the cut. I'm joined by Ellie, who's now a Texan. Do you consider yourself a Texan now? Do you have to I mean, be from Texas to be a Texan? I mean, okay, so for a long time, I, like, described myself as, like, from Detroit, right? Because my formative years were there. But I think I've decided that, like, whichever state you got your driver's license in, that's the state you should say you're from. So I'm from Nevada. I think I think I just have to like accept that now. Um, so you're a I'm definitely not a Texan. Well, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, my grandpa actually taught me how to count cards when I was like five years old, because <laughs> uh, he was like a massive cokehead, uh, and so like he he would gamble all the time to make coke money because like he was in the Air Force but was running out of Air Force money. I don't know. It was just crazy, crazy, crazy shit. No, in any case, I've never actually legitimately gambled in my life. It's awful. Either way, I don't think I could consider myself a Texan because I've I've literally only been here for eight days. Eight days. Well, we have a guest here. We have Adam. Uh, Adam, you are a, a writer, uh, a writer for Cult Nation. You're seen. Uh, you got any other bylines? Um, I do uh, No Echo, if you're familiar with them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a Carlos from Black Army Jackets website? It sure, it sure is. And I try not to punish him when I'm uh, talking to him, but man, I want to bring it up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't. Black Army Jacket are kind of terrible. For whatever reason, they have the reputation, but you go back, it doesn't hold up. I mean, they. I think the reason that they're so infamous is because they are one of the very, very few uh passable power violence acts from the east coast most mm-hmm. power violence bands are from the west coast mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. except for uh apartment 213 who are from cleveland so black army jacket they're from jersey right i think they're from jersey i think um, so yeah so black black army jacket being from the east coast uh, i think kind of raised their profile as far as uh how memorable they were um and of course everyone always wants to talk about like because the Jersey heavy music scene is uh, justifiably legendary, as in you got like uh, 
like human remains and dim Mac and all that stuff. Uh, like a ton of like ridiculous heavy bands. That's where burnt by the sun came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Discord and Saxus, uh, Dillinger escape plan daughters. That's all that area right there. Number 12 looks like you. I, I'm kind of just rambling at this point, but <laughs> fertile soil though, for sure. Yeah. Well, welcome to our podcast about music. <laughs> <laughs> I can already but yeah, get anyway, the vibe. Thanks, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> what were you saying, Kyle? I was going to say that I can already tell this is not going to be a very emo episode. Um, with that being said, uh, continuing your introduction, Adam, uh, sure. what's kind of your corner of music and and or emo? Um, I mean, I certainly have uh, I certainly have an affinity for emo and all its variations. I pr- primarily though, I I pedal in hardcore. I think it's kind of always been been the heart of my interests and most of my show going experience in the hardcore scene but i mean I, I go way back with most forms of you know to use an axe to grind word a, adjacent genres to adjacent. <laughs> yeah oh that's right i i got that wrong adjacent sweet um well for this episode it's pretty loose on the rundown uh we're gonna do some follow-up uh we got a little bit of news here um, we have a ton of questions. We have so many questions. Yeah, but we did go to the interwebs and ask you all for some questions, and we got some topics and questions that we could field. Um, and we're also, we, I mean, this is like the third time it's been on the run, run, rundown, but we haven't really gotten to it, which is um, playing the over and under game, which is a direct ripoff of the Pitchfork video series over under, where... Uh, uh, but unlike pitchfork we know what we're talking about yes thank you well it's a great video series if you haven't watched it so i will i will give them <laughs> that but basically i once read a, a pitchfork review where they called anasarka a metal band for those of you who are not familiar with anasarka they are like they sound sa- they sound like uh like still life they sound like indian summer they are not metal in any way shape or form <laughs> Over and under, an example would be I would say twinkle, and you would and you would say underrated, perfectly rated, or overrated, and go into why. So maybe we we will get to that. But either way, episode fourteen of the E word um, at the top, as always, per lately, review us on iTunes. We've been getting some reviews; it's been great. You you can follow us on Instagram at the E Word Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the E Word Podcast, and you can email us at the E Word Pod at gmail dot com. You can send us songs to play in the episode, which we are taking two songs per episode now. Um, and I think that's all of the bullshit plugging we have to do um, until the end of the episode. So let's get into some follow up. Episode thirteen follow up. That was the episode with Tom. Uh, people love Tom. I didn't anticipate all of the love but basically that's the only feedback we've gotten for that episode is that tom is a legend of sorts i mean i was i mean like i was aware of the clout i wasn't aware of the god tier level of tom i guess i i think what it is is tom has like this uh this super great ability to just find bands right when they're very first starting out and hit them up like immediately and become Mm -hmm. friends yeah like he's he's just so he's super good at networking in that way and because of that he has access to so many rarities and so much obscure information yeah about the scene 
and that's he's definitely parlayed that into god tier status on the sub yeah. which you know he deserves he knows a shitload like scary amount um love tom tom's great even if he made me come off as less of an elitist somehow <laughs> <laughs> um i do have some follow-up uh not and not directly related to that episode but um we weren't going to do a segment about this, but we did um, post our top five emo releases of the year so far. And I just have to address the amount. I mean, there's like three separate people that were like, yo, where's Cloud District? And I guess right. uh, I thought we talked about this. I think we did when that first came out. But um, I'm not wild about Cloud District. To me, it's just the middle of road of everything going on in Midwest emo. I don't know. I'm just like, eh, on it. They're... they're basically doing like a more competent version of what I think Best Buds did which is like everything going on the scene put into one neat little box Um, and they're good at it like don't get me wrong but I just don't find any of it super compelling Uh, I guess I'm more interested in bands that like find a niche and super duper commit to it I don't know I'm not hearing like enough commitment from Cloud District I guess Adam, have you checked out that band? Cloud no, District. And so give me the give me the quick rundown. The the album that they put out is called Don't Give Up Skeleton. It's like not on any big label or anything. Um it just caught a lot of hype because it's I think like the lyrics are like super relatable. I mean the lyrics kinda of remind me of something like front bottoms. Uh the music is like everything going on like there's modern baseball there's mom jeans there's some twinkly shit i think it's just catching on because it's a little bit of everything yeah i mean the remainder of both of your lists i thought was fantastic well i mean not that that made the list um were there any other glaring omissions in in the eyes i mean i'm sure people were uh not shocked at the fact that we both discluded a uh, puppy love, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I I'll guess we're. I guess we're gonna talk about uh, some other person's opinion on puppy love later, but oh, yeah. um, I th- I think that's definitely the the one that people like notice the most. But they shouldn't because... be surprised if they've listened. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, even though I I totally sh- like. I, I show out for the new album. Like I think it's actually way better than Best Buds. Yeah. Um, yeah. My girlfriend. My girlfriend thinks I'm like insane for that opinion. Really? <laughs> yeah. She was like, I vastly prefer Best Buds, and so now we're uh, we're looking into uh, uh, separate bedrooms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in any case, Cloud District is the only one where I thought people like were shocked that it wasn't on there. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked, Kyle, that you didn't include Golfer. Yeah, that I did put Donovan Wolfington on my list, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I, I like those two are neck and neck, and I, like honestly, um, Origami Angel. I think that was like my number five. Like that would shoot up to like number three or two for me right now because that album is like dominated. What I've been listening yeah. to. So yeah, I mean like gol- like Golfer was definitely like my number six if I was going to put a sixth one on there. The the album that grew on me a lot since I posted that list is probably the Good Looking Friends album. 
that grew on me a whole bunch. I need to listen to that more and give it more of a dedicated listen. I like how we weren't going to do a segment on this, but we're doing a segment on it right now. Um, well, okay, so let's cut this off the knees. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if, if if you're curious about those top fives, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, probably on Facebook too. Um, the other thing, this popped off way more than I thought it would, and it's debatedly emo. What did we decide title fight were on episode zero because i remember it was like a long-winded discussion about them being emo or not emo and wasn't it like the first half of their <laughs> shit is like legit emo core yeah like yeah. they're like their early eps and shit are definitely uh i think like in the same vein as lifetime and dag nasty mm-hmm. no and, doubt yeah and hot, hot water music like definitely like emotive hardcore for yeah. sure yeah. um and after that they they went in a one of the few emo bands i think that actually uh incorporated shoegaze they didn't just uh start using effects pedals and people started calling them shoegaze like mm-hmm. turnover <laughs> um they actually they actually u- utilize shoegaze influence as well as uh grunge influence um even s- like i'm also hearing stuff like hum and filter in their sound too nowadays yeah, yeah. uh so- both of which like i guess hum you could consider like borderline emo um i wouldn't <laughs> nor would i this week i just got in like a really heated debate amongst what era of title fight people like so i was like okay i know where i can grab a sample of people so i just tweeted out that like this poll of do a people prefer the more shoegazy hyperview and floral green era versus the really fast blast beats and everything from shed and those early eps and this poll like popped the fuck off like 300 people voted um <laughs> and 54 percent are with hyperview and floral green and then 46 percent were with shed and the early eps which is so 46 percent are correct is what you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> well i would honestly give like five percent of people just being like why the fuck do i have to choose between the two eras i like the middle albums which is like not the point of the survey. The point of the survey is to like clearly <laughs> divide it up. I kind of knew it would be close. I was like debating with people, like, "Yo, like this is gonna be close," and they're like, "No, there's no way." Hyperview is clearly like the best album so, and stuff, which is, I mean, that's like whack to me. Like, I think I personally thought that Hyperview and Floral Green gr- Green would win, but my heart belongs with shed and the early eps as to what i shed yeah 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 (laughs) um definitely i was definitely introduced through like uh the early eps stuff like uh evander and songs like that uh still like to this day though my favorite title fight song is 27 like Mm -hmm. yeah i got like uh back when i was still going to warp tour uh i caught their set and like 2013 and they closed with 27 and it was fucking phenomenal if you if you picked floral green as your favorite title fight record you're a coward (laughs) (laughs) um i've only seen title fight once and that was after hyperview came out and that was like a great show because that's not a band like ceremony that's like just denying their their like whole early discography like they still play like those early eps and stuff which i think is cool which yeah, is, which is why I hate seeing Ceremony now because they literally pay, play like sick, and that's like the earliest song that they'll play. Otherwise, it's just fucking Zoo and uh, L-shaped Man. 
I fucking hate those albums. <laughs> Especially I, uh, the L-shaped man. Ugh. I can't believe that people are like with it. People I love think it. Zoo is much worse than L-shaped man. Really? Go on about that. I think Zoo is just like a very confused and muddled record. Uh, they didn't really like know what they were trying to do. At least with the L-shaped man, they committed to uh, trying to sound exactly like Interpol. Uh, <laughs> but Zoo is just like a fucking mess. Uh, like especially songs like Hysteria. Like, like when you when you listen to that album, because the production on the guitar makes it feel like it's going to be a heavier album than it actually is. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good point. I really wish they they would have gone in a direction like Hundredth went in because I thought that Hundredth uh, did the hardcore going shoegaze or post punk whatever thing really really well with that with that album Rare. Um, and I, w- I wish Zoo had, like, gone in that direction, but oh well. Um, and then one more thing to follow up on is I want to keep the conversation of me questioning, am I too old for emo, or at least the emo that I'm, like, trying to listen to but just constantly hate, which is, <laughs> which is like, this, I guess, like, the whinier stuff that's coming out. I think the more shit that I'm listening to, I'm, like, dismissing it immediately. And I think that is growing up, like... But, <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I heard it, too. I heard, you yeah. can't not hear that, yeah. man. Um, but I guess, like, me like me at 27 years old pulling up to a mom jeans show. <laughs> that's, that is too old for that, right? Oof. Right? I mean, my girlfriend turns 27 uh on tuesday okay um and we're going to the mom jeans slash awake but still in bed show in november so i think a lot of people who get older fall into this trap where you know they they become disinterested in emo um and i don't think that you're doing this but i definitely see a lot of people doing this uh whether it be with like emo or hardcore or whatever and they're like oh uh, uh, this music stopped being good after you know this time period which corresponds to when they personally stop being interested in it or um, they just can't relate to it they can't they can't relate to the people that like it and make it is that a legitimate part of it you think yeah absolutely okay i get it you want to you want to listen to a uh, serious uh, adult contemporary now Kyle <laughs> Dude. Join us next week on the Jimmy Buffett podcast. I was, was going to go somewhere more like Nico Case or fucking Ani DeFranco or something. Ani DeFranco. Wilco, man. Wilco. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is like almost as overrated as OK Computer. Oh, like, easily. Oh, yeah. Easily. Almost as overrated. Not yeah. quite. But both those albums are just like a fucking stain on music criticism in the late 90s to early 2000s yep um, it, it's their version of the shape of punk to come um Ouch. the shape of punk to come is actually good no it is but think about how elevated it's become you yeah know? it's yeah. like it's the album from the mid to late 90s who were like this is it this is everything you need like not quite this is it's when things changed album, but... Yeah, yeah, I I feel you, Kyle, and what you were uh, what you were saying. But I'm 38, and <laughs> I've had some interesting going experiences. With that guy, I'll tell you. It's like but. who 
like how did you find out about this show kind of shit um oh sure yeah like aren't you too old to be going to the you know why why are you in a (laughs) why aren't you home with a a child a 38 year old in the basement i think elon musk would have a few words to say about that oh well played yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know i went to see uh was it tourniquet uh oh god oh fuck and i I thought that people must have assumed that i was like you know waiting for my son to stop kung fu kicking and go home (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's it's just always been my lifeblood never never allow yourself to stop being inspired Mm -hmm. you know and there were no glory days the glory days are now you know Mm mm-hmm this is the best the scene has ever been because it's today, you know. So, Adam, are you familiar yeah. with the with the controversy surrounding Tourniquet? No. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming you're referring to the the Tourniquet that is stylized with no vowels, correct? No, the other one. Uh, I hate the way this makes me uh, feel. That band. Okay. The, I think that's actually the same band. Do they, um, by, they also go by that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so essentially. They played a sh- they played a show with like either they played a show with a band that had an abuser in it or they previously had an abuser in them and kicked it out kicked them out but people are still like upset with them over huh. it knowingly uh, I mean they knowingly played with yeah so I guess whenever people ask them about it all that uh, all that anyone in the band sends them back in response is like a like a thumbs up emoji or something else rather rather dismissive uh which i get because there's like only so many times you can like tell the story or uh or whatever but i like at least you know tell people who ask so that there's not false information floating around about your band yeah address it if nothing else address Mm -hmm. it i don't know Um, i I I just remember that. that because there was a there was controversy with them playing with Old Wounds, and there was controversy with them playing with uh, CU Space Cowboy. Interesting. No, I hadn't. Thank you for uh, thanks for telling me. I, I've learned a lot about musicians I'd otherwise probably still be listening to from the show. So yeah, I can continue to remain plugged in. Thanks. Apologies for being a, a, a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I prefer to know as much as I can. All right. Well, let's get into what we've been listening to this week. I haven't listened to anything new recently. Um, but what I have been doing is binge-watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And let me tell you, the songs on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend are really fucking good. Is that the one with, um, like, show tunes shit in the middle of it and stuff? Well, it's not all show tunes. Like, there's a lot of, like, uh, satire of uh, contemporary pop music in there, too. Okay. Like, I think they did, like, a parody of uh, R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet, which was really fucking good. Um, <laughs> it was called Stuck in the Bathroom. In any case, uh, I think that people who like watch this, sh- or sorry, listen to uh, the E-word, would probably be really into Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It reminds me a lot of like BoJack Horseman and You're the Worst, in, in that it's, uh, it's about mental illness mm. in a lot of ways. Uh, it's about uh, trying, and in a lot of cases, failing to connect with other humans. It's really heartbreaking while simultaneously uh, having a lot of really good, smart, layered humor. Uh, so Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, comes with uh, my highest recommendation. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. 
Adam? Um, yeah, I'd say the one that I've listened to the most uh, of late, Dalmy, the new mouth breather, yeah. is amazing. Okay, I actually, I actually did listen to that. Sorry. How good Same is here. <laughs> I don't know if I like it more than Pig. I think I like them about even. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that I like it more, but... It's definitely excellent. I think Kurt, Bo- Kurt Ballou's production is very, very good. Uh, which, by the way, did you know he fucking produced the new Joyce Manor album? I just heard that. That's bananas. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Million Dollars to Kill Me is pr- produced by Kurt Ballou. Which I did is, not know that. Uh, it's completely wrong. Um, it is. <laughs> we will talk about that, but that's bizarre. Um, but yeah, doll, doll Meat's definitely good. So Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the Doll Meat uh, mill spec uh, changes new ep they put out it's fantastic that's getting um, huge huge praise everywhere there's something there's something about it there's an intangible I, you know i'm not exactly sure what it is but it just hits it yeah. hits and immediately which is kind of a rare quality i think um but yeah that's that's great and then um i'd say the other album i'm trying to think uh makara despondent been digging that a lot lately um and then that awake but still in bed is just phew, endless repeat it's mm-hmm. phenomenal yep it's phenomenal all right uh kyle yeah I, like i said origami angel doing the most the fucking melodic turns that a lot of those songs take are just so fucking captivating and it's just like how did you think of this shit like how are there only two members in this band i i i mean the lyrics are fucking excellent yeah especially for their age like holy shit the yeah they're the fucking hooks in that album crazy so good um ryland is a incredible singer i can always respect an emo band with a good singer because usually everyone just kind of goes for shitty vocals but when you can sing really well (laughs) um yeah it's great um another band that can write fucking hooks and has a really good singer the sidekicks I've been digging the new album, mm-hmm. Happiness Hours. I feel like this has forever been like a band's band. Like Jeff Rosenstock has put out their music. They've toured with like The World Is and just, yeah. all, just but they've never like taken off. They're, I mean, they're signed to Epitaph. I'm assuming Epitaph like consistently loses money on them because like their albums don't sell, but uh, they're so fucking good. Um, Happiness Hours oh. is. Speaking of uh, Jeff Rosenstock, there's another band that I recently just started listening to. Uh, I yeah. mean, they've been around for a while, but I only recently started listening to them. Uh, Dollar Signs. I just um, saw something about them. Yeah, I guess they're they're coming here and they're doing like a house show. Um, but they, yeah, Jeff Rosenstock did a song with them. They're really fucking good. They're like, if the, the front bottoms were good, okay. um, but with a lot more. <laughs> Vocal wise, at least, but like uh, instrumentally, a lot punkier, a lot more energy, like a uh, kind of pup esque. Okay. Mm. If you will. Yeah. Cool. I did not write this down to talk about it, but uh, did you check out the Worst Party Ever band? Yeah. I think, yeah. No. They're called Worst Party Ever. They've been posting the sub a bunch lately. It's like all acoustic, kind of. Uh, That'd probably be why I haven't listened to them. Yeah. Just. <laughs> um, I like people are really liking it. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. It's one of those things that would definitely us- isolate me because I'm 27. It's all right. Um, 
You yeah. can go to the show and I'll pick you up later. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> sure, no problem. Hey, do you do you two think you could uh, drop me off at soccer practice after that? <laughs> Park around the corner, though, right? <laughs> Park around the corner, because uh, it's always weird to to get it out of you, the 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 SUV with your bad religion shirt on. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the other, the only other thing I want to talk about is dogs on acid, uh, because that is perfect summer music, and um, rediscovering how much I like that band. Cool, that's it. So we can get into some news after this song uh, that we're gonna play here by the band Hollyhocks. I haven't confirmed what song we're gonna play, so you're gonna like it either way. And here it is. <laughs> Hollyhocks uh, from Massachusetts. So a little bit of light news here. Kick off with the new Joyce Manor. Uh, Joyce Manor have a new song called Million Dollars to Kill Me coming off. And it's awful. Uh, This let us get to all the shit before we can shit talk it. Um, (laughs) This is another album out on Epitaph Records uh, called Million Dollars to Kill Me. Yeah, the new song is... Um, pretty underwhelming to me as well. It sounds way too much like Cody, which 
we've already determined on this podcast that we are not a Cody fan. Um, yeah. Us, us collectively are not a Cody fan. Uh, I'll co-sign that. In fact, you're not allowed to come on this podcast if you're a Cody fan. I was pre, yeah, I was pre-screened. <laughs> Straight up, I will get excited for a Joyce Manor record still. Um, you know, bands can take missteps, but they can come back. Uh, but mm-hmm. just uh, this sounds so much like something that would be on Cody. Super mid-tempo, lots of production. Apparently it's Kurt Ballou behind it, which is like weird because, I mean, they were working with that that guy, uh, Rob something, who fucking produced like Elliot Smith and stuff and Guided by Voices. And I mean, like, it's cool because... You know, a high-profile band like Joyce Manor can pull that off. Kurt Ballou produced that? (laughs) Yeah. Like, Rob Schnapp? Yes, yes. Okay. It took me a second. I had to Google very quietly so I could come off like I knew that off the top of my head. (laughs) We can always edit that out. What if they start touring with, like, Trap Them or some shit? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Just... (laughs) Uh, coming coming soon, Joyce Manor and Laid to Rest Summer <laughs> Tour 2019. Um, <laughs> along with this album, they are touring behind it. Um, and they're going on tour with Vundabar and Peach Kelly Pop, uh, which are two pretty good bands. Very underwhelmed and hoping they can bring back some of the, like, the fast-paced stuff. I mean, and I was like talking shit about Cody on the sub. And, I, and because someone said that Cody was their favorite album and everyone else was like, yeah, I agree. I was like, yo, what the fuck? And, um, and I had to tell that someone was born after the year 1989. <laughs> I mean, all right. Like, and I, 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 I was saying this and I was trying to art- articulate why I don't like Cody. And I was like, all right, so. Joyce Manor can do mid-tempo pretty good. They've done it. I mean, like, Leather Jacket, great. Yeah. Um, Beach Community, great. All the mid-tempo shit on Cody, soulless, lifeless. It's just, like, whatever. And this song, soulless, lifeless, super whatever. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know. I'm really confused because Joyce Manor have used to have nothing but good songs and now they're releasing some stinkers and i don't know what the direction is i don't know to quote the brave little abacus i think they've come down with a bad case of the blah blah blahs Um, (laughs) but i don't know kind of kind of similar to like the new alkaline trio album i think is just like they they've lost a lot of energy and i'm obviously alkaline trio have been like losing energy for much longer than Joyce Manor has but the both both bands new albums seem similarly lifeless which is a bad sign like Joyce Manor is feel as tired and bored with their music as Alkaline Trio do um and Alkaline Trio are like a good 10 15 years older yeah that's a good, that's a good reference yeah yeah I just kind of hope that they might know when to call it quits before Alkaline Trio because I've gone on record to say that I would rather have Alkaline Trio break up than keep releasing music that's bad. I mean, what do you think was the last good Alkaline Trio album? Ugh. What's the one with Calling All Skeletons? Because that one's like, okay, it's not bad. Is that Good Morning? 
Yeah, I think that's Good Morning. Yeah, I, I dug that one. I I think Good Morning and Crimson are both okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked This Addiction a lot when it came out, but the, it's definitely like lost a lot of luster. Like the, I think like the last Alkaline Trio album that I can point to as like, oh yeah, I fucking love this is From Here to Infirmary. Um, I agree with that. And I mean, nothing's ever gonna top God Damn It, but at least, at least maybe I'll Catch Fire uh, had like smart songwriting and lyrics. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just feel like Dan and Matt are kind of struggling and have been for a really long time. Yeah. Anyway, Matt's, about Matt's a busy Tanner. guy. He plays with some other small band. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He plays, uh, they're called uh, Sum Forty One, I think. Yes. SR Seventy One. Phoenix DX. Uh, <laughs> RX Bandits, I think. Homegrown. Uh, uh, Alistair. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the Ataris. Okay. Or um, is it Slick Shoes? I can't remember. <laughs> Pulley, uh. ten pole. I can keep going. <laughs> yeah, Joyce Manor, uh, million dollars to kill me. September twenty first is the is the release date on that. Um, probably the other biggest news that's happened, which is not saying much, is the fact that our favorite melon head, Anthony Fantano, took a shot at Mom Jeans on Twitter. Um, Someone posted one of those. I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not going to describe it. Someone basically with text created a fucking rabbit holding up a sign that said, Muse is a bad band. And Melon went and replied with his own little rabbit holding a sign saying, Mom mom jeans sucks. There I said it. Um, so. Yeah. No, did you see uh, Did you see the, the new video he did? The, the Why You Know review? Mm-mm. He uh he went in on mom jeans even harder. Good. Like he like spe- he specifically ranted about okay. them. Um, the thing is, I think his his claims would have been way more on base if he were talking about best buds. Um, he was saying like the technicality was really messy. Uh, that they they didn't have like a, a solid focused idea of uh, what they wanted to do with their songs. Um that they were too whiny um which i think is all those are all problems best buds have yeah and that puppy love has improved upon a lot i would agree with that um yeah i think people are just kind of clamoring over this is the fact that like you know he's a huge voice in music criticism and (laughs) he's taken shots at an emo band which he's gone on record to hate that genre not hate that genre just be super dismissive of 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 it sometimes rightfully so sometimes not um i mean the thing about fantano is not only is he bad at reviewing emo he's also really bad at reviewing hardcore he is like he doesn't really understand the appeal of uh some of those some of some of the tropes of those genres oh and like while we're on the subject of Anthony Fantano has bad opinions, I wish that he hadn't elevated Death Grips to the deified status that they are now because Death Grips are the single most overrated musical act of the past uh, 10 years. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> tell, like, tell me what they're doing that fucking Dalek didn't do better. Tell me what they're doing that anti-pop consortium didn't do better. Yeah. Or Hella, you know I mean? Exactly. Ugh. This is basically... 
rinse and repeat the conversation about Sam Ray throwing shots at mom jeans, but like, is this out of line? Is it because never, especially if you're a fucking music critic, people ask what your opinion is. That's like the whole point of your profession is to give your opinion on things. I agree. Um, even if like, I think Fantano, uh, it's kind of a dipshit sometimes he's done a really, really fucking good job of becoming, uh, probably the most famous music critic in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah. Which like, obviously you have to be good at your job to do that. You, you know, I, I, I think it's uh, kind of stupid to say that someone whose job is to give their opinion on things is out of line for giving his opinion on something. Yeah. <laughs> Like he he can be super childish sometimes, and I mean that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. The dude is good at his job because he's good at the internet. So exactly, yeah. And I do think he is really good at like actually describing the way things sound. Yeah, um, which fucking is like a lost art form with music criticism. Is like exactly people can't exactly. describe yeah. why something's good. Even more so than that, like he actually like knows how to tell you how an album sounds uh yeah. he knows how to, he knows how to uh explain the band's sound really well even if uh he's he's wrong about their appeal and stuff like that um i guess his problem is that he's not as much of like a a, a trend spotter as he thinks he is who is good at that uh back in the day so the stuff you will hate Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Ian Cohen's really good at it. Um, but isn't he just I good think... at following things? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it seems like it's the alternative, and then it's Ian Cohen finding out about it because he follows the uh, the alternative. I mean, yeah, but the alternative is much smaller than Ian Cohen. Um, and so as far as, like, semi-mainstream sources of trend spotting go. Ian Cohen's up there. Uh, Zoe Camp, too. Um, David Anthony. Uh, yeah, David Anthony, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, a, a while ago, I would have said Jason Heller, but I don't know about that anymore. Like, tw- circa 2011, I would have said Jason Heller, but Who maybe not that? anymore. Uh, he was the AV Club's resident... Uh, metal and hardcore reviewer uh oh, back in like okay. two, like 2009 to 2014 or thereabouts i don't know what he's doing now i think he's doing a book yeah i think that's about it that's all i can think of right now yeah definitely not andy greenwald he thought the dashboard confessional would be like elliot smith level by now Ugh. <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs> um more news then uh so Prince Daddy and the Hyena are dropping their tour um, as of tomorrow, I think. It was July 21st when they were heading back home. Uh, they posted a statement on Twitter um, citing a lot of life and mental health um, getting mm-hmm. in the way of them um, being on their tour. I know that they toured out to Alaska, and I think they were hopping on some dates with um, Save Face and they're not going to be completing out their run with Save Face. Um, but, I mean, obviously, props to them for knowing not to push it. 
and to take care of themselves. Um, but yeah, what else do you guys got to say? I mean, just yet another band uh, being a good example for others. Absolutely. Yeah. Which Prince Daddy have been pretty stellar at, like with regards to social issues, uh, with regards to how they conduct themselves as a band. Um, they were one of the first on the fuck Lou Diamond train, by yeah. the way. Yep. They they were uh, they were trendsetters in that sense. <laughs> but uh, I I I'm really proud of a band whenever they whenever they take the the stance that the people who are making the music are are taking priority in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something that uh, clearly other bands are are taking uh, cues from. You know, like, well, I guess I guess Prince Daddy are just like the latest. But I, I, it's really good to see that more and more bands are acknowledging that mental health is an issue that should be addressed before touring. Yeah, I mean, Modern Baseball canceled like multiple headlining tours. Modern Baseball basically canceled their band. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's starting starting to seem that way, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Claudio once told me emo is just, or sorry, a uh, hiatus is just emo for breakup. Which is super accurate. <laughs> even emo, emo kids even, relationships, you know? Even as Claudio is in a band that is currently on hiatus. <laughs> I would welcome Claudio back on the podcast. I want to do another episode with him. That was a great episode. Great episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to go on record and say it was like the first great episode of our podcast. Oh, yeah. Like. Um, like if we ever get to the point where people are like writing top 10 lists of our episodes on AV club or whatever, um, <laughs> definitely, definitely episode three with Claudio is going to be like a good intro episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously shouts out to Prince daddy, um, figure out that shit because when you're on the road, I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't even imagine what that feels like. You're like fucking trapped. You know. The road is fucking hard. The road is fucking tough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not, ultimately, nothing is more important. Not even close. You know. So. Yeah. Um. What else here? We've got a new name. A new name taken song. Is this a band that hasn't done anything in like ten years, or is that over? Yep. Or is that overshooting it? Um. Maybe undershooting it. Okay. Name Taken have been in act for a really long time. Uh, fun it's fact. Maybe 10 years. <laughs> fun fact that I just learned. Um, Panic at the Disco are named after a fucking line from a Name Taken song. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I always knew that, like, was kind of in the know about, uh, quote, unquote, the real stuff. But... <laughs> <laughs> Still, that's that's bizarre. In any case, their new song is stellar. I love it. I love the production on it. It's uh, good and not too polished, uh, like just lo-fi enough. Yeah. I, I like the fade out and then coming back to an extended outro. Um, I like that a lot. Um, I love the vocals. It's just altogether a really good song. I'll check that out. I remember I got Hold On in a budget bin in a... Uh somewhere in baltimore for like a dollar best uh, best purchase ever 
Oh yeah, I remember that. Wasn't it like right next to Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Monster by REM? Um, oh, is that the one that ha- is that the orange one? Yeah, the one with like yeah. a wolf on the cover, or something. Fucking yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Controversial opinion: uh, REM aren't worth listening to after Document. I would say New Adventures in Hi-Fi, just for mm-hmm. Evo the letter. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Sorry, pal. Um, <laughs> I don't know. My favorite REM record is probably Life's Rich Pageant. Um, okay. But Fables of the Reconstruction is also up there. I've yet anyway, to have my REM email. phase. Um, okay, yeah. But uh, What about your REMO phase? <laughs> <laughs> Not emo. Um so I did some light googling here just in the past thirty seconds. This is their first song in fourteen years. What? Uh, yeah. Ugh. And um right on the Wikipedia page it says that Brendan Urie took the lyric from the band. Uh but yeah, so I mean like I have a feeling that like not a lot of people know about Name Taken. Oh, not at all. No? Yeah. Okay. That's like one of those bands that has like a very vocal minority of people like saying like yo and like i kind of like draw them parallel to like north star where like yeah they aren't like huge names but people love those albums um i might have said this on the podcast before but is this thing loaded is way better than pollyanna you did say that and yeah i've like kept that in mind and i still don't agree with you but I respect the ballsy well, opinion. Who, who turned it on their camera? <laughs> yeah, I saw someone's face real quick. Oh, my, my camera's been on the whole time, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. It, it has. Mine's not on. I don't have my shirt on. <laughs> don't worry, your camera's not on. Yeah. This is so interesting for <laughs> listeners of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> director's cut director's cut, director's cut. <laughs> but either way i mean yeah the new name taken song is dope it's 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 like the best case scenario like it doesn't <laughs> suck it's not mediocre i hope that the kids will listen to name taken because of it i mean it's always weird i mean uh, fucking hopes fall they like reunited and put out an album um yeah. oh it's so good is anyone is it really yes what? Yes. All right. Okay, but it's Ellie, like you it's might like be the, the youngest Cut. one to have listened to it. No, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopes Fall are like what? forty year olds band, man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they are. Shut the fuck up. I listened to I listened to the the fucking Satellite Ears and what's the first album they did? Frailty of Words. I love that album. I, the first time I heard that album, I was like thirteen years old. Like, they're uh, they definitely have like clout among younger people. That'd be nice to know. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm just maybe saying. maybe you should join Scram Cave, Kyle. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think I uh, I'm I make friends with all these fucking people? Scram Cave. I mean, sure, I'd probably have more friends if I joined the Scram the Scram Cave, but um, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. It's actually a super toxic and negative place. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I would just... I just know that I would have to lurk. I would not post. I would be a lurker. Um, 
either way, new new name taken's out there. I think it's out on YouTube and all places you can find stuff. Um, the last thing, I honestly I did not look into this, but I just saw that someone made an emo band name generator, and I figured someone here might have looked at that. Um, I tried looking for it and couldn't find one, like or find it. I found one from like 2016, but I thought that was outdated. No, someone posted something like, "I created this." Um, I did not use it. I I'm not gonna lie. I put together this rundown when I was at the basement show for perspective last night. Kind of a topic shift, but does anyone remember that generator for like millions of dead posers jokes? Like blank is just blank for people who blank. <laughs> I love the idea of that, but I don't think I don't think I was familiar with it. I mean, it was, it's just frustrating because like. I was definitely doing that shit before Millions of Dead Posers was around. I um, imagine so. I found uh, it. I found it. I found it. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, make a, let's make a band right now. Okay. It is emobandname.com. And you go there. And you just press a button. And, it, okay, it says, all right, it says emo band name generator. Yeah, it's literally this easy. Press the button. Joint fight. Bull daddy. Joint fight. Indica milk. Ugh. Baby indica. Baseball indica. Bong hotel. Basketball couch. Joint fraternity. <laughs> Dad bench. <laughs> Bones calf. <laughs> Jeans soccer. Wow. Hockey horse. Two on the nose. Stepmom bear. Mom stepmom. I think I like <laughs> broke it with that one. Mom stepmom. Uh, but basically, it just takes two words and it puts them together. Spliff spirit. That one's kind of good. Nicotine bear. That one's funny. Nicotine bear. I like that. I <laughs> like that. Nicotine bear? That's, yeah. yeah, that's not bad. This car is a war machine that runs on nicotine and gasoline. Um, <laughs> Bones pot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's just a an a an amusing little thing there. So, should we field some of these questions? Let's run them off. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, I was taking a drag from my cigarette. I'm like a negligent parent. <laughs> nicotine bear. <laughs> I don't think I'm quite bench. a. I don't think I'm quite a bear. I'm more of a more of an otter, if anything. Otter. Okay. Maybe a maybe a, maybe a cub. I've gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, these mainly came from the new Instagram function where you could ask. You can pretty much do an AMA whenever you want to, and basically it took about three different people before we got a question that wasn't talk about screamo talk about scrams um <laughs> so hey it's almost like you know i i do this podcast with you yeah it's 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 <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of like people know you like that music so i don't know is there anything to talk about with scrams like uh what's like popping off with scrams a uh, uh, binary well, is Binary a Binary. Scrams band? Uh, they're Scrams band. Uh, they don't want to be a Scrams band for okay. sure, but they're okay. definitely a Scrams band. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that. I 
I call them non-problematic Gaza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which the highest uh, of compliments. Jordan, yes. Jordan of Binary, uh, who I've shouted out on the show. They're a pretty good friend of mine. Uh, their significant other, uh, Taya, Taya Fish, liked that comment, so I feel validated. <laughs> uh, I get Infant Island. The new Infant Island is really good. Um, oh, and the new uh, portrayal of guilt is going to oh, pop the fuck off. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they're touring with uh, Birds and Row, right? I think. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, New Birds and Row. Yeah. New Birds and Row is really good. It is. Death so. Wish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think Joyce Manor, re- Joyce Manor recorded it, I think. Adam's, Adam's a cutie. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> For an camera. old man. <laughs> Adam's a dilf. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What, what would the D be, though? A um, uh, a DIY lifer. Okay, yeah, I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a question specifically about SAS bands. What is is there anything in SAS besides uh, C Space, Space Cowboy? Cowboy? Um, I guess second grade knife fight. But if you're aware of C Space Cowboy, I'm sure you're aware of second grade knife fight yeah. because of the split. Yeah. Um. I, I think Black Knight Satellite are putting something together pretty soon here. In any case, uh, for anyone who's listening and is uh, unfamiliar with SAS but would like to become more familiar, I'd like to shout out uh, one of my very, very favorite SAS albums, which is uh, The Elemental Gearbot by Trillium Barnacle Lapse. Uh, it's just really, really gripping uh, post-hardcore. It's got a lot of like trance influence. Um, and the vocals are super like lispy, which I am so down with. Just like a super, super flamboyant band. Uh, I know for a fact you can find some really cool live footage of them on YouTube. They, they were just like ridiculously ahead of their time. Elemental Gearbot sounds the way that I wanted the, the last uh, refused album to sound like. Mm. So definitely check that, that album out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see Sea Space Cowboy on Wednesday. What should I expect? Are people going to be throwing arms? Sea Space Cowboy like to think of themselves as a hardcore band now um like they want to be playing shows with renounced they want to be playing shows with inclination um <clears throat> and you know the when i saw them uh they had barely put out fashion statements so they didn't really have uh, a ton of regional popularity in my area yet but uh they have been blowing the fuck up uh, mm-hmm. ever since that, that second grade knife fight split. Um, and their last couple shows have been packed. Uh, Hate Five Six filmed a set of them, um, which is insane. By the way, Hate Five Six filmed a fucking I Killed Giants set. Yeah. Crazy. I was. Um, Did they really? Mm hmm. I've, I've already watched the whole thing twice, and I'm just <laughs> fucking emotional about that shit. I never got to see yeah. them. I never will. But you're going. You're gonna want to like prepare for a pit. Like prepare for that. It's gonna People go off. Don't do that in Milwaukee. This is <laughs> all right. So if 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 a pit happens, they are gonna hold some kind of power above Milwaukee because people just drink beer. We're all full of cheese. We don't <laughs> fucking move. Um, though. I mean, people drink a lot of beer in Austin too. But Jawbreaker was the pit went off yeah 
that's good to know. It's interesting to see, you know, they, so they just came through, well, they were supposed to come through Baltimore last week and moved it not terribly far over the Pennsylvania line. Mm-hmm. And it could have been, you know, the location, the turnout wasn't huge. They were phenomenal. Um, but it, you know, it was ultimately just a horseshoe pit, you know, I, there, there'll be plenty of places to stand, I'd imagine, but, uh. They're playing with some pretty wild bands. I mean, they just played a show with like Purgatory and Watchdogs, like really Purgatory. Purgatory, yeah. No like, one in Screamo likes Purgatory. No, Purgatory no. has beef with Screamo kids. <laughs> I'd imagine they do. Yeah, I, I don't think it was pre-planned. It was a you know a joining of two two tours happening to roll through town. You know. Well, I mean, a Purgatory... town that could only uh, handle one show. I guess I don't know. Purgatory went off on Twitter like they called a whole bunch of my friends the F slur on Twitter. Are you, oh, geez. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. Oh, and we're like threatening to threatening to fight some, uh, as they put it, uh, bitches. Um, wow. Yeah. So wow. definitely surprised that Sea uh, Space Cowboy played a show with them. Yeah. They're playing Milwaukee with, I think you mentioned this band at one point, Meth from yep. from Illinois. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm excited Meth for that. who are X tweak, X black nail. That's literally um, I'm what it says seeing right a here. <laughs> kind of seeing a pattern with those band names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like A plus points if you like understand. Well, I guess no. If you understand what black nail means and why it's a meth reference, you're uh, a fuck up like me. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're exceedingly fucking good super chaotic they sound like uh like see space cowboy gone art like wow. oh. definitely definitely like an art grind type band uh jack shirley mixed their album too god damn mm-hmm. all right well thanks for the update on sass and scream or in scrams yeah uh, we can move past scrams for a moment here this is an interesting question um, is emo only a music genre, or can it exist in books slash movies? I think that there are definitely books and film that have been like adopted into emo culture. Um, probably the first one that comes to mind immediately is Donnie Darko. Yeah, emo kids fucking love that movie. Um, but that even like ties uh, into like the hot topic version of emo too. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. The, um, Tim, the Tim Burton end of, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Nightmare Before Christmas hoodie core? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Will, will that ever die? No. No. As long as, there, as long as there are people, as long as Torrid is still a store, that will never die. <laughs> <laughs> as long as The Crow is still streaming on Netflix, it will never <laughs> die. <laughs> Lost Boys. <laughs> Dude, Lost Boys is, still holds up. Oh, it's phenomenal. So yeah. good. Buffy before Buffy, for sure. Or, you know, Ghost World, Wrist Cutters, you know. Dude, Ghost World is easily in, like, my top ten movies of all time. No uh, doubt. It's great. I showed it to my roommate, and he was like, Enid's kind of a of an asshole. Uh, which is true, <laughs> but I think, like, that making you not enjoy the movie means you kind of miss the point of the movie yeah. and the and the source comic, because they're, it's entirely about depression. Yeah, about mm-hmm. depression and what it does to you and your personality. So yeah, Ghost World, uh, all of Wes Anderson's films, um, but especially Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, 
Ah, probably like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I see a lot yeah. of see a lot of emo kids give daps to that movie, if not any of Tim Burton's real other work. A lot of John Hughes stuff, especially Pretty in Pink, which is actually like one of my least favorite John Hughes movies. Um, yeah. What about David Breakfast Lynch? Club. Or is that a little too mm. hipster indie? Or Dave- like a, is the, the the person there listening to Square Pusher doing equations, you know? <laughs> okay, but then yeah, what about like, David like Lynch's twin? Thing. What about Twin Peaks? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, are we the TV shows? Because I think I did like a thing on Twitter about that. Yeah, um, and you got like crucified for not including like anime and shit. Oh fuck anime! Um, <laughs> disgusting art form. But in high school toast club, shut the fuck up. Um, uh, I think uh, the most there. Someone pointed out Twin Peaks, is, and that was like the most glaring omission. Um, but I think most of the shows I mentioned, like uh, Freaks and Geeks and Clone High, yeah. definitely are like emo mainstays. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should have put Degrassi: The Next Generation on there, which like a lot of a lot of emo kids grew up watching, myself included. Drake's totally emo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, according to that fucking noisy article. Um, <laughs> that resurfaced because of another album cycle, of course. <laughs> Could we grandfather in my so-called life? What about that? Or is that too, is that too grunge era to ever pass? I think I put my so-called life in there. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I love that show. Oh, that's um, amazing. Like, I, there's definitely comedies that are included, too. Like, a lot of early Adult Swim stuff, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Arrested Development, for sure. Mm. Uh, Mr. Mm, yeah. Show with Bob and Dave, for sure. Like, emo kids still fucking quote, like, uh, like kiss my aunt, you mother father. Like, <laughs> people still quote fucking catchphrases from Mr. Show. What about Seinfeld? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, definitely not Friends. It's pop punk. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Friends is a terrible show. I hate it. Uh, by the way. Oh wait. Well, okay. Sunny. Sunny is Sunny emo. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's all hardcore. It's always Sunny is also hardcore. <laughs> There's like a Rob is like wearing a bleeding through shirt in some early episodes. Weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They have like stickers for like labels and bands and stuff up in the bar um like i think there's like an equal vision label on there somewhere did you know that in the show drake and josh uh there's a fucking death by stereo poster in their room (laughs) wait like like the entire show like the The entire entire series series yes (laughs) what uh the oc for sure i was expecting one of you to throw in a, a don't call it that type of thing um never seen it amazingly no, i've i've, I've wow. never seen it either wow at least watch the first season at really least. yeah all right. gilmore girls obviously right yes okay. yeah yes gilmore girls shouts out like dave eggers and spiderland it's obviously emo um, <laughs> as far as books go uh the bell jar i think no doubt oh yeah Catherine the rock yeah sure Catch mm-hmm. and for sure. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Dave Eggers. Um, yeah. David Sedaris. David Foster yeah. Wallace. Pretty much all the mm-hmm. all the Daves there. What, um, what about someone like Nick Hornby? Is that a little too yeah, soft? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, yeah. High okay. fidelity for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe not like about a boy, but high fidelity for yeah. sure, because high fidelity is also like an emo movie as hell. Um, yeah. as emo movies. How did I forget to bring up fucking say anything? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Big deal. Big, big deal. So I anticipate some shitting upon this one, but what about Chuck, uh, Chuck Palinuk? Fuck that, yep. dude. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It is. It is. Really? Yeah. What do you do? Oh no, I just think I just think he's kind of gross. <laughs> really? There's been so there's been problematic rumors about him for a long time. Um, I don't, don't want to speak out of school, but uh, it's it's definitely worth a dig. Oh, on that subject, uh, yeah. Juno Diaz. Oh he, he got yeah. Called out. He got yeah. called out for sexual harassment. Did yeah. he really? Yeah. Immediately after he did that op-ed about being Oscar. uh being abused as a child. Mm-hmm. Fuck. That blew my Oscar fucking Oscar Wilde book or whatever is unbelievable. I hadn't heard that. This is how you lose her is also really good. Shit. Um huh. or yeah, that like totally fucked me up when I heard about it. Non-problematic emo authors. I think Portrait of Dorian Gray. Or picture of Dorian Gray. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an emo book. Um, I'd say Jude the Obscure is one of the first emo books of all time. You ever read that one? So depressing. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. Not, one. however, not the importance of being earnest. Uh, no, no. <laughs> that one, that one is uh, hair metal. <laughs> <laughs> what about something like The Watchmen? I feel like that's maybe not emo, but that's some kind of subculture. I think Watchmen is uh, Reddit, <laughs> along with V for Vendetta. Yeah, Ugh. definitely along those lines. If we are going to do graphic novels and comics and such, probably Sandman, uh, mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The sure. the graphic novels, especially, which I think like do a much better job of holding Scott accountable for uh, his awful actions. There was a thread on Twitter recently that was like Scott is like the definition of a problematic dude in a local indie band. I uh, saw that. Yeah. Where it's like he dated an underage girl. Uh, he's a heartbreaker. He's a womanizer. Uh, and worst of all, he plays fucking bass. <laughs> uh, in yeah. a shit band, man. Yeah, I don't know if you ever read that series, uh, Blue Monday. Uh, mm. No. Nope. That was a. Uh... Sorry, I I am like hella into indie comics, so. We're going down that path now. Liz Prince, <laughs> Liz Prince's stuff, for sure. What about uh, Blankets? Do you ever read that graphic novel? Yeah, yeah. That, that's an indie. There, that's a that's that's an emo uh, graphic novel. There. I've yeah. lived in two uh, different Julie... places where that was sitting on the coffee table. I never cracked it open. <laughs> uh, Drinking at the Movies by Julia Wirtz. That's an emo graphic novel. Um, I think I know that. Uh, if any of you have ever heard of Jeffrey Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his yeah, uh, unlikely, clumsy, uh, mm-hmm. every girl is the end of the world, definitely. Um, other stuff. Al Burian's a pretty emo writer. Um, yeah. Burn Collector is, like, my favorite zine of all time. Like, hands that, down. That's, that's, yeah, that'd be close for me. I think I'm a Comet Bus person, but... Uh, Comet Bus is a little too, like, uh, like, drunk punky for me. Like, butt flappy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, like don't get me wrong. I love I love that aesthetic, um, and I love like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that came out around Comic Bus, like that Zine Scam, 
but I guess I just always felt like Aaron's uh, prose was a little too like overwrought for the yeah. stuff he was <laughs> for the stuff he was writing about. Whereas like Alberian was like self consciously overwrought about the stuff yeah. he was writing about. Like he'd make fun of himself for being so self conscious about being pretentious. Oh, he certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like he's probably like the single most influential writer to me. Um, I think like you can like totally hear his influence in a lot of like the stuff that I write. What One else? more book. This is a fun topic. This is a Submarine. fun topic for sure. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Also had an hmm. indie movie made. So. Did it? I never saw. I never Noah Baumbach stuff. But uh, while we're on the subject, kicking and screaming, uh, squid and the whale. Uh, oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. new one he just did with Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller, the Merowith stories, really fucking good. Was that uh, good? It was amazing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased for coming from a Jewish family. Um, <laughs> it was just like pitch perfect accurate. So just don't let the Adam Sandler scare you away, huh? Listen, Adam Sandler is a really good dramatic actor. He, He's not yeah, a... He really can yeah. be. Punch Drunk Love also. Mm-hmm. I think the pro the problem is like after Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, he just like realized he could float on his shtick for forever. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. What about like the the whole Judd Apatow scene? Is that is that kind of emo? I don't know, because uh, we could include Kevin Smith in that conversation too. Oh, that's uh, true. I think yeah, super similar yeah. vibes. Um, I had a huge Kevin Smith phase. Like I think everyone did, man. You have to. Yeah. But, like got into like He's the a whole big... modcast shit. No, no, I'm not down with like uh the stuff he's did post Zach and Mary make a porno. Like that was my See? the last film of his that I liked. It's a good yeah. cutoff. Yeah. Um, which you know, ironically, has Seth Rogen in it. I'm a Seth Rogen stan. I know a lot of people got sick of his sense of humor, but like I, I still like think it. his film. Yeah. Oh, I think he's rad. I think I thought this is the end was like one of the most fucking creative films in a long time. Um, oh, without question. Hated yeah. Sausage Party. Hated that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. This is the end. Just reminded me. What about like Edgar Edgar Wright stuff? I know we brought up Scott Pilgrim, but like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End. Would you consider that emo? I, I think wouldn't. the World's End. I think the World's End is. Just because, I mean, especially with Simon Pegg's character in that one, you know. Yeah, that that's yeah. like deals with really heavy emotional shit. Yeah. Um, and I think the show Spaced is, oh, but maybe so not. I've maybe not Shaun of the but, but I've heard that's good. It's fantastic. It is. <laughs> uh, Black books. It's Black books emo. What's that? Uh, it's like uh, Dylan Morin and uh, Bill Bailey, their show. Oh, never heard um, of it. Peep show emo? It's peep show emo. <laughs> it's it'd be on the verge. Yeah. Is Harvey Danger emo? Is the real question I'm trying to ask. <laughs> this Do we is need awesome. to cut I it off? We need to stop. I think yeah, we need to stop. I think we need to cut it yeah. off. All right. Um, uh, this one, Tony Hawk's Underground One is the best Tony Hawk. Fight me slash discuss. Uh, I will agree so, with that. One hundred percent. But I also have a ranking. I think ranking. it's the second best. Pro Skater 2 is the best from a, just like a sheer gameplay perspective. Thug 1 probably has the best story. Um, mm. I I am a sucker for American Wasteland. Like, I know that <laughs> gets shit on a bit. I know that gets shit on a bit. But <laughs> I, 
I like that. I like that game a lot. And I think I really loved that the soundtrack was basically like a huge troll. Like, like he had fucking Fallout Boy covering Gorilla Biscuits. Oh, um, really? Yeah. yeah, you had yeah. Saves the Day covering Dead Boys. Um, what? You had uh, Taking Back Sunday covering Descendants. Um, Emery covered the Stooges. Um, <laughs> what else? Rise Against covered Black Flag. Uh, it was just hilarious. My Chemical Romance covering Misfits, which honestly makes sense. Yeah. 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 I would go Thug, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, Thug 2, and then then Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Really? Thug 2? Yeah, Thug, Thug 2 is great. I don't like that game at all. That one, like, yeah, that's where it got super Bam Margera-y and Viva La Miami, but it's still, like, the levels and shit are so feelings. fun. They're so fun. I have strong <laughs> feelings because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is, like, one of the very few video game series that I followed and enjoyed. Um, yeah. That That's and like Pokemon, one of the only I'm not a game series. Well, yeah, I'm not either, but, like, I bought every one of those and have played it through American Wasteland when... Is there, like, a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 8 or something like that? Didn't they, like... Uh, Pro Skater 5. Pro Skater 5. Okay, for some reason okay. I thought that they just like called it eight or something. Either no, way, they did Project Eight. Oh, that's Uh-oh. what I'm thinking of. I think Pro Skater Two is the best soundtrack. Thug One comes close though. Adam, do you have a Tony Hawk's preference? You know what's funny is that I've never played them. I le- I left my video game uh, abilities when I lost my first uh, original Nintendo. I played Skate or Die. I give There's a big up to the Tony Hawk. What's that? Oh, I was just singing Skate or Die by fucking uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, so you uh, Hawk, just sung I... their whole discography. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take long. I, I mean, I think all of They Came From the Shadows is good. Um, I think Bloodbath at Burger King is a good song, too. Didn't their guitarist die? The drummer you know, died. The drummer. Their drummer? Yeah. That's a shame. It's a bummer. I like that they exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the few bands still doing Ramones core. True. Uh, True. Because there was a whole bunch of those bands like uh like Houseboat and the Steinways and stuff. A the while broke back. downs, all yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Pairs. and like the last, Yeah, the last big mm. wave well, I don't know if I consider Pairs Ramones core. They have uh, a little bit of hardcore, old stuff. Yeah. They like they got flip some a switch and then they and then they fucking change to like hardcore and then they switch it yeah. back to Ramones core. It's yeah. it's pretty good and i remember like the last big wave of ramones core was like chicks dig it and uh the queers and screeching weasel who like unfortunately for me were one of my huge gateways into punk like me too yeah like since i was like nine or something (laughs) i've been a screeching weasel fan uh i definitely remember hearing about the shit that ben did at uh south by southwest and that just like tainting everything about it for me yeah i know where ben lives he lives like about twenty minutes really? away from me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you should. Uh, I think you should ring his doorbell and throw some ice cubes at him. He's also like agoraphobic and shit, so it's kind of like. Is he? Yeah. 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 You, huh. That's been a huge theme of his lyrics since day one, though. Yeah, like, with like the not touring stuff too. I guess yeah, right. But exactly. like his zine and his record label are both called Panic Button. He has a song yeah. called oh. Panic. Like. Just like anxiety is a huge running theme in Screeching Weasel's discography. 
I mean, but as we all know, Ben Weasel, he's an asshole. Ben Weasel, he's a jerk. Um. <laughs> so next question is this goofy question from ukulele. Um, I want y'all to talk about what y'all would do slash the bands you would ban if our emo was true emo subreddit. Ooh. Which is just <laughs> basically like how big bad gatekeeper can you get? Oh, God. Um, is there any more to that question? I'm so close. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but this is basically for you, too, because I know, Ellie, you specifically have, like, a very narrow definition for real emo, quote-unquote. Yeah, quote-unquote real emo. Like, obviously, as far as the subreddit goes, my standards are far different, which they have to be. But, like, real emo... I I would say, so first of all, anything from like 85 to 93 is obviously a shoe in Pretty much anything that could be construed as like straight up like emotive hardcore. Bands that sound like Amberin, bands that sound like uh, Christopher Robin, bands that sound like Palatka. Uh, Palatka, yeah. Yeah, definitely would include uh, bands that sound like Encyclopedia of American Traders. Uh, lots of screamo bands. No Twinkle Scram. No Twinkle Scram. Um, the only Twinkle band allowed actually would be Captain Jazz. Maybe Pogo. Maybe Pogo. Maybe some bands like Dahlia Seed, who are a little bit more the gentle side, but still like firmly rooted in emotive hardcore. I I think if it's not hardcore, it's not real emo. Like it has to be hardcore. So that's and, that's always my yeah. And this kind of follows up your really spicy. Sunny Day Real Estate is not emo. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sunny Day Real Estate and Mineral and all those bands, definitely not emo. Uh, probably the most quote unquote real, uh, like Midwest emo band would be like Boys Life and Christy Front Drive. Yeah. Maybe, Tex- maybe Texas is the reason. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that you pointed that out about Sunny Day Real Estate. I mean, if you listen to the Rising Tide, that's... oh, you mean uh, you mean the worst Foo Fighters album? <laughs> it's like it's like a Foo Foo Fighters got a hold of some like warped Rush LPs <laughs> and and cranked it out. I don't know, but yeah, they, they 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 wouldn't stay. You know, I think how it feels to be something on is a bad album. I'm honestly not the biggest Sunny Day Real Estate fan. I, you know, there are plenty of moments, and I can see their merits in a lot of places, but they were never they were never that band for me at all. I mean, I'll fucking th- I'll I'll throw in for Diary, sure, of course, sure, yeah. yeah. I'll th- I'll even throw in for LP two, at mm-hmm. a stretch, but everything after is just so boring and listless. <laughs> I hope they don't reunite. I really hope. They, I, you know they will. Riot Fest 2022 or something, you know? <laughs> Diary, for me, clicked, like, three years ago after, like, trying to get into it forever. I'm starting to, like, LP2, like, a crazy amount. But I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people are, like, kidding themselves listening to The Rising Tide. Like, it's, like, yeah. kind of become, like, gotten a little bit more popular more than ever recently, and I'm kind of confused about it because i i like went and got yeah. the record store day reissue of it because i got caught up in the hype and i'm like 
this isn't underrated. This isn't that good. Yeah. yeah. It's the Contrarians album, you know? It's the Badge of Honor <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam, do you have anything to add to the real emo list? Um, no, I mean, I'm, uh, as you, <laughs> were you to join the, uh, the Scrams group? I can't remember. Uh, Scrams Cave? Scram Cave? Yep. Scram Cave. I would be a lurker, uh, a once, once every two weeks lurker on there. So I wouldn't even be the, uh, the appropriate person to answer the question, but I typically, uh, tend to side with, with Ellie, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I think we need these rigid definitions. Otherwise the gate is never closed <laughs> and the, yeah. the gate needs to be closed at some point, you know, the gate, the gate must be kept. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, cause obviously bands like fucking Jimmy Eat world, et cetera, et cetera, are like huge gate with, you know, so <laughs> I've gone on that rant several times, uh, especially with uh, Tom Mullen. His definition of emo is so wildly inconsistent because like he's so hard about, yeah, that yeah. Midwest and emo pop being like real emo, but like it's not, saves the day is like really just the stones throw away from Fallout Boy. Come on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they so put cool. out like probably the most popular Lifetime album, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we want to field any of Matt's questions? Okay, here's what I say about Matt's questions. Let's say the. Uh, <laughs> I say we uh, we go through them like as rapid fire as possible. Just give okay. like the shortest possible responses. All right, these are all like shit posts. Uh, why are you emo? Why can't you cheer up? Clinical depression. Yeah, agreed. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> What's at the end of the rainbow? A box set of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, <laughs> and uh, cherry flavored Pez. Ooh, I'm going to go with a UTI and Hoobastank B-Sides. <laughs> uh, Gerard Way, part of MK Ultra Mind Control? Yes, <laughs> part of MC Ultra Mind Control. <laughs> yeah, far too many minds controlled there, so yes. Yeah. Mom Jeans, part of MK Ultra Mind Control. Part of MJ Ultra Mind Control. Bam, I can't better that one. All right, we <laughs> now we get into a series <laughs> called the most emo, <laughs> most most emo anime, oh. uh, Cowboy Bebop. Ooh, can we go movies? Mm. Oh, are you gonna throw in Akira? No, I was thinking like a Spirited, <laughs> Spirited Away kind yeah, of away, Rave yeah. of the Fireflies. Ponyo. That's about as deep as I go. <laughs> yeah. Most emo video game. Ooh. Um. Life is Strange? Minecraft. I've seen someone playing that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Maybe Gone Home? One of those. Okay. You ever Most... played Limbo? I'd say Limbo's in there for me, too. Catherine... I'd say Catherine's up there. Most emo TV show? Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I'd second that. If uh, Assuming it's not a, a current show. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks. Okay, Most Emo Food? Oh, man. And I, um, I, I do have to say the follow-up question is most emo pasta. <laughs> so, of course, so, of course. So segregate them, please. Well, that's okay. fucking angel hair, obviously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what 
what else? Let's what else? Food. food. Um, uh, Jack in the Box at 3 a.m. Yeah, it's got to be something late at night. Yeah. Uh, a PBJ using the, the butt end of the bread loaf. Uh, <laughs> Jiffy Pop that you accidentally burned. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah. Most emo era of Tony Hawk. American Wasteland. It saves the day on the soundtrack. Didn't Thug One have hot water music? Maybe that. What song was it? The one that's like, Give me a rip my day. Is that that one? <laughs> yeah, so it was, was it Trusty like, Chords. Okay. Was, was Trusty Chords really on an, an Tony Hawk? I think so. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why is the meme gene circle jerk so big? I mean, we've we fucking covered that. D minus, Matt. See me after class. <laughs> uh, can I has clout? You already have clout, piece of shit. <laughs> Will you block how me? Much more clout, how much more clout can you get than composing our theme song, really? <laughs> <laughs> Will you block me if I send more? I don't care, doing it anyway. Why do you hate me? Um, I, th- I think because uh, Matt is secretly Matt Pryor. And, and we... <laughs> are Amy. Uh, <laughs> and although they've been begging us not to hate them, we are forced to by contractual obligation since 1997. You put <laughs> way too much effort into that answer. Why I hate myself. Uh, there's got to be like uh, at least 10 songs that cause you to hate yourself. Oh, well played. <laughs> okay, most, most emo Zelda. Majora's Mask? Like, the whole theme of Majora's Mask is, like, uh, self-hatred, right? (laughs) The only other options are Wind Waker um, and Ocarina. I was thinking Ocarina, but... Uh, I'll throw in for Twilight Princess, too. That's also an option. I can't (laughs) wait for an emo band to call themselves Twilight Princess. Oh, jeez. Most emo postmodern artist... Oh my gosh. Does it have to be an artist or can we do authors? You don't give Matt that much credit. Come on. <laughs> artist of any stripe, I'd say. Um, Andrew WK. Oh, you mean like musical artist? Oh, Actually, no. Artist. No. Okay. I, 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 I just felt like saying that answer. <laughs> I mean, Andrew WK is definitely postmodern. Uh, you don't have to be yeah. smart to be postmodern. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, would you would you consider a uh, Roy Lichtenstein be postmodern? Yeah, pop art fits, right? I mean, that's the yeah, Andy yeah. Warhol. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Postmodern you... author, uh, David Foster Wallace. Yeah, I would say Dave Eggers, but really, all he did was rip off David Foster Wallace. Although that maybe makes him more postmodern. That's true. Yeah. You, know, you know, let's let's use footnotes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> emo or screamo? Neon Genesis, in my opinion. Screamo. It's screamo. Screamo. Uh, most emo era of Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh shit! What's the one? What's the the video? It's he's like uh, I feel like he's dressed up like a pharaoh or some. Do you remember the time for that song? 
No, I was gonna say uh, when he when he did the chorus for that song, "Somebody's Watching Me," uh, <laughs> which is all about like descending into extreme paranoia. I'm gonna go with okay. that. Yeah, yeah, the Rockwell song, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's awesome. All right, uh, yeah, I like that. That sounds yeah, paranoid mm-hmm. visions. I like it. Mm-hmm. And then the last question is why you hate me again. Okay, so that is all of those questions. We did get one Twitter question. Uh, people just want to hear about the movies. They just want to go to the movies with us. And this one is from Ben. He says, what's the most emo movie and why is it Eternal Sunshine? Which we did not address. It's not Eternal Sunshine. Okay. But <laughs> I replied because it's not Eternal Sunshine. wants it's definitely to high fidelity. name something... Meet me in Montauk. Oh, let's just leave that movie. Let's just officially retire it. Do you have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, do it, please. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. High fidelity far more than uh, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Okay. Because high fidelity is like the epitome of what like emo fans are like distilling everything down to, to top five lists. Um, that what's that one quote where it's like it's not what you're like it's what you like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like books movies email that's the yeah. shit that matters Agreed. so so what's the move do we want to do some over under we're at like two hours i think we have a decent amount of stuff that could be cut though so i think we could afford okay. to do over under okay let's do a little bit cool. of over under then i'm gonna do this as tied to the culture as much as we can here so I'm going to start off with one that's really part of the culture. Top shelf records, overrated or underrated? Uh, perfectly mm. rated. Perfectly rated. Yeah, I think they're perfectly rated, especially in 2018. You know, I yep. feel like it's... Putting yeah. them in 2018 is... They're, they, they have become an underrated label because they're putting out weird shit, you know? That's true. Yeah, but they still have, have like a huge amount of clout from back in the day. Um, back when they were like... You know, like it was them and Count Your Lucky Stars. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That band or that label can like live off of their back catalog. I, I, I feel like they put out a ton of records a year and like maybe like three of them people are aware of. Uh, so I just like respect that. Like, like not every release has to be like a fucking modern baseball or something. Like put out all yeah. the small bands and shit. And I don't know. I just got lots of love for labels that do shit like that. True, yeah. Um, overrated or underrated? Straight edge. Overrated. Overrated. <laughs> Over, overrated, yeah. Uh, as, a, as a movement or a culture or an identifier, way overrated. Yeah. You do you, you know, but exactly. come on. And also, That's... I can never forgive anything that, like, allowed Hardline to happen. Yeah, agreed, yeah. <laughs> Talk about Hardline. Uh, Ooh, you want me to talk about Hardline? Yeah, cause we, we because we talked about it a little bit in fucking heavy snacking, but it it deserves <laughs> it all deserves right, the all right. pre-release. Okay, so Hardline. Uh, a lot of people point to Al Barile of SSD Control in Boston as the originator of Hardline, just because uh, th- that early Boston scene was a uh, militantly straight edge. But that is inaccurate because Hardline is in fact a uh, codified ideology. Uh, Hardline was created by Sean Mutaki of the band Vegan Reich in 1989. Uh, 
in his zine, Destroy Babylon. And uh, the concept of Hardline is this uh, mishmash of, like, anarcho-primitivist, like, uh, survivalist-type shit um, with uh, this this streak of uh, animal rights and liberation um, combined with, like, this hyper-naturalism where uh, they believe in the natural order, like, as in women are supposed to be subservient to men, as in uh, any sex that is not strictly for procreation is immoral. Uh, masturbation depletes your chi. I swear to fucking God, that's an actual True. thing they've said. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, like, imagine uh, Hardline as Ruby Ridge, but with a soundtrack by, like, Abnegation and Raid, rather than uh, whatever the soundtrack of Ruby Ridge was. Um, I, I would say probably the most significant thing to come out of Hardline is that a lot of people who joined uh, things like the Animal Liberation Front and Earth First because of Hardline ended up in prison for uh, bombing uh, mink factories, which they did. Um, like, there's there's a ton of people who got arrested for raiding mink factories. There's uh, I, I, there, there was a specific guy, you can see in his mugshot, he has Earth Crisis tattooed on his face. Um, I've and seen that. Okay. Yeah, no, he got arrested for uh, for uh, environmental terrorism. Um, and I think uh, Hardline is the perfect example of what happens when the when white people's need to make themselves feel special goes unchecked. Well put. Like, <laughs> yeah, when your life is when your life is mediocre and boring and easy, you keep coming up with uh, things to uh, become your identity, and because of that, you end up doing crazier and crazier shit. First, you're vegetarian, then you're vegan, and uh, that's like that's like acceptable. But then you bounce to, oh, I am trying to uh, f- fucking free the minks. I don't know why. Like minks were like a huge deal to hardliners. Like there was like. Yeah. 20 cases of them bombing mink farms or releasing them. And it's just, I I feel like it's a really weird mishmash, mostly because half of it is this extreme environmentalism and the other half is like uh, religious fundamentalism. A lot of those guys went on to become Muslim or uh, or radical Christian. uh, for example, Race Trader, which I don't know if they were ever actually a hardline band, but they were definitely affiliated with Hardline. Um, mm-hmm. And but Race Trader were actually fucking sick. They had a they had a really good album called Burn the Idol of the White Messiah. They uh, sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Played really good like death metal influenced hardcore. Um, and as far as I can tell, like they've all gone on to like be semi-functional members of society i know their drummer uh andy hurley drums for fallout boy uh like that shit goes back um but in essence hardline is just probably the most dangerous and bizarre extension of straight edge culture and by definition hardcore punk where is it at in 2018 like is there a is there a hardline movement or anything still happening um, it exists in as much as the the Catalyst Records message board still exists. So you still got people like um, 
no disrespect meant to Kurt Catalyst, by the way. Uh, he's a really sweet guy, even though his like quality control practices make fucking uh, Rick to Life's record label look like fucking Rick Rubin's Hit Factory, you know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, people who like mostly communicate. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't realize how hard that was gonna hit. Um, essentially, people who post a lot on the Catalyst Records forum. Um, and mostly reside in like Belgium. Uh, it's a very, very uh, isolated to Europe style. Uh, and I know like a lot of modern bands like uh, Sanction. Sanction takes a lot of influence from Hardline musically, if not politically. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want a good example of Hardline music, there's two records that I always point to. Um, I, I would say uh, Abnegation. Um, their split with chapter is just like ridiculously brutal and they have this song called birthright which has like literally a gang vocal chant of the fetus is a life <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah um, yep and the other one is probably the the green rage demo which there are two variants of uh one was a demo and one was released as an official seven inch but as far as i can tell they're literally the exact same recording um and it's basically like every cliche of 90s hardcore distilled into one uh, single record. Uh, there's like <laughs> dive bombs, gang vocals, mosh parts, and it's all terrible. So those two records are the essence of Hardline. All right. Okay. Am I, am I done with my dissertation? <laughs> I think so. Cool. I'm trying to think of things that we haven't really addressed on the podcast that much. Um, and one of those is Jimmy World. Perfectly rated. Perfectly rated. Yeah, I, I, I'd also, I'd also say perfectly rated. All right. This is not Jack as a person, but the the whole Jack Seneff projects. Like we've got Merchant Ships, Midwest Pen, Pen Pals. You can pick these apart if you want. Boy Rex, fucking William Bonnie. Um, I'm gonna say overrated, just because I'm like really sick of uh, Merchant Ships and Midwest Pen Pals, but. I do really like Boy Rex. I do really like uh, Nola. Um, Nola are sick. I do like yeah. that band a lot. We Are the Colossus, I think I mentioned before, are like pretty good Twinkle Scram, if you've never heard of them. Uh, try and check them out. I think you can find their demo on Soul Seek. Yeah, I'd, I'd say overrated as well. I just think there's a, there's a point at which you reach full oversaturation, and it's approaching perhaps you know a, maybe a little more focus i think like what's kind of sad about that stuff is like i i i don't think jack meant for any of this to happen <laughs> just people just really glommed onto his projects after his bands broke up and shit yeah <clears throat> yeah doing that posthumous dig really brings in <laughs> brings in artists under a microscope they never planned on being under you know yeah so yeah, uh, and it really it can't help to be affiliated with uh, human scum like Nick Stutzman. No. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really talked about that much on the podcast. Stutzman? Yeah. All right, so essentially what happened with Nick Stutzman is uh, they are uh, known for stealing money. Yeah. Uh, they are known for screaming at their girlfriend in public. Um, and emotionally pressuring them in sex. Uh, they are they are 
just generally known for a variety of awful uh, abusive behavior. Uh, and that is not even including like the shit that caused like a shit storm, like November 2016 when uh, Merchant Ships were supposed to do the reunion show. And yeah, I was going to go to that. Uh, yeah, uh, Nick basically outed himself as like a an all lives matter type person. Jesus. <laughs> Which, by the way, remember when fucking chokehold? Yes. All no lives one matter? else fucking cares. I think Gorilla Biscuits also got stuck in like the all lives matter uh, pigeonhole, but. But the thing is, when you actually read what Siv was saying, um, he was more kind of just like frustrated at the fact that Black Lives Matter had to exist, like yeah. rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't come off like he was anti-Black Lives Matter or pro-All mm-hmm. Lives Matter. It came off yeah. like he was yeah. pro-Black Lives Matter, but frustrated at the societal conditions that have led to it. At the very least, it was extremely mansplainy, but yeah, I don't think he had malice in his heart. Mm-mm. I would be surprised if they were like an all lives matter type of band because they had like an entire song about uh, like how stupid skinheads are or racist skinheads I should say because yeah. you know it's Gorilla Biscuits um, <laughs> I think it, I think Degradation I think Degradation is the song let's throw Ian Cohen on, on in here overrated or underrated <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> Alk comment. Fucking overrated. Everybody on that site is completely overrated. It's... Uh, every album review, to me, reads like a Death Heaven album review. I just <laughs> don't care. I mean, at least he's not doing the whole fucking... Today I woke up at 7.15 a.m. <laughs> I, I, drove, I drove to the store and picked out my, uh, my, my daily lunch of... Uh, chicken noodle soup in a thermos and on the way to work I listened to uh, <laughs> insert album here which is not the album that this is a review of etc 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 I crawled home to, to lie in my bed after a tough day of uh, fighting with my girlfriend and yeah. <laughs> cried myself to sleep anyway I give this album 4.5 out of 10 yeah, it's yeah. I, overrated. I agree that the whole storytelling narrative—it all started when they cut my umbilical cord. Kind of reviewing is like, okay, just does it fucking rip or not? That's all I need. <laughs> Back in '84, I nearly choked on the U cord. Uh. <laughs> Side note: Did anyone read that fucking Turnstile review? I'm still no, no, no. Oh. Look up cool. the Pitchfork Turnstile review. It is insane. For the it's new okay. one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to find it and read it out loud for this podcast. You should. It's an, it's insane. Okay. Yeah. And I don't I don't ride or die for Turnstile, but I'm from Baltimore too. Like they're a thing. They're they're a thing. They're good people. Turnstile's fans, at least in the colorful imagination of their haters, are a legion of spin-kicking sycophants. Play, splayed akimbo in midair devotion, cheering the thrash, funk, and rap rock that surely no savvy hardcore fan misses. <laughs> but the Baltimore anchored five piece deserves credit for riling these hardcore purists, who often sound like musical xenophobes when they decry outside influence. The backlash against the group also seems to stem from what, the presumption that the popular and resident music of one's adolescence, in this case, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Deftones, and 311, is categorically irredeemable as an adult. 
But Turnstile's unlikely rise to a nationally adored major label act shows Hardcore's nascent populism. Or poptimism. I'm sorry. Um, that's not a word, so I immediately went to the word that was a word, which is populism. Fans' latent fondness for the alt-rock radio of their youth is resurfacing in their affection for Turnstile, even if they're quick to point out a smidge defensively that the band cites its debts to lump and bruisers such as Madball alongside Rage Against the Machine. But the experimentation advertised on Time and Space, Turnstile's third album and first for Warner Brothers imprint Roadrunner, is hesitant and unfocused. Instead of woven throughout the album, the flourishes are like mismatched ornamentation, out of place. To wit, Diplo's synth squiggles on Right to Be are a celebrity cosign, not a touch of boldness. I'm bored with this review. Um, <laughs> yeah, please. I'm, I'm going to fast forward to this sentence. Uh, it's not exactly the conceptual post-hardcore verve of fucked up. Fucked up or overrated? <laughs> <laughs> they have a couple of good albums, but... They do, they do. Yeah, I'm done with that review. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, okay. All right. So yeah, Ian Cohen. <laughs> um, that was Ian Cohen review. No, it wasn't. That was Sam Lefebvre. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's any relation to uh, Brett Lefebvre <laughs> of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" fame, <laughs> or Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> um, emo band reunions, overrated or underrated? Overrated. Overrated. Except for Jawbreak. Yeah, yeah. Jawbreaker will always be underrated. I don't care. Agreed. Totally agree. Jawbreaker could be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tomorrow. They could be number one on every single best albums of all time list, and I would still consider them underrated. I agree. Yeah. What's a bad emo reunion? Like, like what does that look like to you, besides American football? Get Uh, up, kids. Yeah, definitely get up, kids. Um, Where does like the reunion start for them? Was it the full length that they put out? Uh, the I the did they put out that full length? They already? put out a full length. No, Kicker was the the EP that they put out this year, and I will uh-huh. ride for that. I like it. I think it's. I think there's some good songs there. Like half th- and like, half. Yeah. At least it's not as bad as Guilt Show, you know. So I can say that for them. But people are starting need to get back to those, People are starting to say that Guilt Show is one of their favorites. Yeah. Uh, I can see On a Wire. I can see On a Wire, even though, like, mm-hmm. obviously you're wrong if you like On a Wire. Um, <laughs> but Guilt Show? Really? The more the time it's passes, happening. people will reappraise it. It's, ugh. I know. Guilt Show, Guilt Show is like a raccoon digging through Ryan Adams' trash can. Like, <laughs> all right, I but can't. they put out "There Are Rules" in 2011, which I believe that that would be their proper reunion album, and that thing sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other that. I mean, at the drive-in. Oh, oh, that was like it was bad, so bad. But but that refused LP is probably the worst reunion album that I've like I experienced. Um, worst reunion album ever. Yeah, ever. Whoa. Ever. The Screeching Weasel musical, maybe. <laughs> Did you I actually hear it? I've never heard it. <laughs> I, I listened, listened to, it. to it. It was trash. Baby Fat, right? Baby Fat yeah. Act One. Oh my god. Yeah. If Blog Dahlia is on anything, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm out. 
Are you saying that you don't fall asleep every night to the dulcet sounds of the dwarves? (laughs) (laughs) Thank heaven for little girls. Enough said. They're the worst. But he's a provocateur. That oh I forgot. You're right. <laughs> yeah, just like uh Gigi Allen and the Meat Men, if you're not uh, down uh, Or sorry, I didn't mean the Meat Men, because the Meat Men are actually provocateurs. I, I was talking more about uh the mentors. Murder junkies or the mentors. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The mentors are are together again. Um they got booked to play a house show in I think Tacoma? Um, no, not Tacoma, Seattle. And they uh, caused the people who booked the show to get blacklisted from the scene. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah, so. Absolutely. I'm surprised that guy's still alive. <laughs> uh, the mentor, no, Il Duce, Il Duce's dead. Okay, uh, okay. The mentors are still going, kind of like Guar. And that's all I put down for that's over all you got? under. Yeah. If, if someone else wants to throw them out there, I'll play. What What's an album that you, that you've reappraised? You know, say five at least five years old that you've either run away from or have come back to. Uh, you just completely one eighted. So in 2010, there were two albums that I was absolutely obsessed with. Uh, those being Ronert Park by Ceremony mm. and Real Talk by Man Overboard. Mm, okay. Um, I think I have decided Real Talk by Man Overboard is the more consistent album. <laughs> I think that Ronert Park starts to fall apart in the back half, and Real Talk is just banger after banger all the way through. I would agree with that. Yeah. I I used to think that Snowing were better than Street Smart Cyclist. Thankfully, I have uh, come around to the correct opinion. <laughs> I my least favorite Converge album used to be You Fail Me and now it's my second favorite right after Petitioning the Empty Sky oh rad okay while we're on the subject of Converge I I like No Heroes a lot more in retrospect that's one of my favorites honestly and I like Axe to Fall a lot less in retrospect yeah it's too I don't it's too much of a pastiche I think I mean there's amazing moments but it's it's too big it's just too it's big. a pure it's a pure collab album yeah, yeah for sure for sure so i don't have any like big like five year ones but like this is not the cool example but like i feel like we really took the band fireworks for granted oh um, yes you all <laughs> did you motherfuckers <laughs> i think anyone who's taken one look at any of my usernames <laughs> will realize yeah. that I am a huge fan of fireworks. I I will ride for everything up to and including um, gospel. I don't know how big I am on yeah. Oklahoma life, but every single thing that they did before that is just fucking flawless pop punk. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think their most underrated song is probably from Mountain Movers to Lazy Losers. That song is 10 years old now, and if they did a reunion tour and played that, I would lose my fucking mind. <laughs> I mean, just the idea, what's the, I, I'm not going to pull the name of the album, but the I support same-sex marriage. I mean... That's yeah, all I have to offer is my own confusion. Is that, okay, okay. Yeah, I which mean, is also the album with uh, 2423 uh, Monroe. 
Yes. Yeah, yes. which is stellar fucking song. Maybe this year will be the time that I, I pick myself up off the floor. Yeah. Like, yeah. great fucking mayor. And yeah, I also have, album. it's got Detroit. It's got, if we stand yeah. on each other's back, we can block out the sun. Like, just stellar, stellar fucking songs all the way through. Great Agreed. album. Agreed. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. We didn't deserve them. As they say, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm. 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 I'm like thumbing through my discogs to see like what albums I have. On, on that pop punk tip, does anyone? Uh, does anyone think that Crucial dudes are now only finally getting the recognition that they deserve? Are they getting it? Yeah. yeah. I don't. They're kind of now. Yeah. Okay. Like if you mention like that crew neck era of pop punk like crucial dudes are one of the first <laughs> names brought up surprisingly handguns get brought up a lot too which i always thought they were one of the worst ones because they have that awful fucking song i hope he kills you um, oh my gosh yeah yeah uh-huh. and i remember they were going on tour with all-time low and there were like a whole bunch of people being like oh fucking i'm i'm showing up for i'm showing up for handguns and i'm leaving after their set fuck that poser all-time low bullshit um, and I would like to go on record as saying that handgun sound is uh, all time low with haircuts. That's what they sound like. <laughs> as a, as a Marylander, we uh, we like to disown both all time low and good Charlotte. Just putting it out there. All time low from Maryland. Unfortunately, yeah. The, yeah. The I think the I don't know if it's singer has a, a bar in Baltimore. Puts on legit shows, but I just can't. I just can't go. Can't. Are, are all-time low fans too much of an age? elitist? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good question. At this point, maybe. So they're you know they're yeah. no longer targets. I'd imagine. I'll throw it out there. Uh, overrated, underrated, newfound glory. Overrated. Really? I they really? never hit it for me. Never what? hit it. I know. I know. I know. I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm, chan- tell- I'm gonna channel my clone high for a second. Uh, say what? <laughs> where do I go? Tell me. Where do I go? If I need, if I'm, you're gonna play me one album. Where do I go? I'll revisit. Okay. Um, I think all of their material except for Catalyst and Coming Home is stellar. But yeah. Um, if I had to point to one thing that would specifically get you into it, I'd probably do the Not Without a Fight EP. Not um, Without a Fight, okay. Yeah, they did it for Bridge Nine. They, It was like a, a split with uh, International Superheroes of Hardcore, which is, which their, is their own hard- band. Yeah, yeah it's them. Yeah, right? Chad, on, Chad on vocals, Jordan on guitar, uh, switched up. Um, and it's, it's really fucking good. They cover Lifetime on it. They cover Cut the Tension. Um, oh, shit, really? Okay. Excellent cover. Yeah. Didn't they do a shelter um, cover? Here we go again. Yep. Um, I, mean, I respect, obviously, uh, no past members excluded. I res- I respect the hell out of everyone in the band. They just, you know, it's it's never something that uh, I would turn off, but it never clicked. So if I spent time, who knows? I love the. They were the progenitors of. Uh, that hardcore with those choruses, you know. Easy core. Yeah, they're de- yeah definitely easy core progenitors. Um, no along, question. Along with Kid Dynamite and uh, Set Your Goals for sure. Yeah. Kid mm. Dynamite, a a 
distant, distant high king of that, I'd imagine. For me. Uh, I, Kid Dynamite self-titled is like my second favorite album of all time. Wow, uh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Because okay. um, I think Dan Yemen is like, if I had to do like my top five hardcore songwriters ever, it'd probably be uh, Dan Yemen, um, Kurt Ballou, uh Sarah Kirsch, uh, okay. Walt Schreifels, and Todd Jones. That was, that, that was what it would. That's what it would be. Todd Jones in there for sure. I would absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, from from the his earliest projects to Open City. Open City's phenomenal. Yeah. Have you listened Pain- to that? That's great. It's good. However, if you wanted to include Metalcore, I'd swap out Todd Jones for Matt Fox. Okay. Okay. Yeah. To according to uh, was it Matt Fox? It's something. Metal is dead. What did he say? Was that him? I don't know. I think recently, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, metal's been that dead. Metal's dead. Metal's been dead because metal has a horrible problem with being stuck in the past, um, and has had that problem since the '90s. True. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. I'll. Re- I'm going to revisit the newfound glory. <laughs> Good. Oh, all right, but so. The way that I felt about Newfound Glory is the same way that I felt about Alkaline Trio. Like, they could have broken up and it would have been okay. Like, yeah. Ellie, can you honestly defend an album like Radio Surgery? That's I was about to say, autopilot. love that album. <laughs> that <laughs> album is like, is like the perfect example of a band on fucking autopilot. Uh, what's the album they did after that? The one with the song about the divorce? I don't know. Like, going through divorce? Like, that, that high profile divorce? Yeah, no, 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 not the Haley Williams one. I don't know. I'm not as huge of a Newfound Glory fan as I may seem. I just think they're pretty <laughs> consistent. I think Jordan's singing voice keeps getting better every album. You know, the one I did, I did actually, I think I listened, they did a Ramones thing. Um, I don't remember, what, I don't know if it was like a 7-inch or like a EP, but they did a Ramones cover thing that was actually really good. Ramones overrated by the way. Yeah, um, for sure. Super important, <laughs> but I don't really need to hear him ever again. I I don't ride or die for pretty much any pre-Black Flag punk. Okay. Um, I, maybe, I maybe go out on a limb for, like, some Buzzcocks, some Dead Boys, mm-hmm. some Stooges. That's about okay. it. Uh, Wipers, I think, are one of the greatest punk I bands of all. I was literally well, okay. Googling when they started. The Wipers, yeah. I they, mean, didn't they start in 78, though? 77. Yeah. Yeah. That's not pre-Black Flag. What's that? That's not pre-Black Flag. Well, pre-release, I guess, right? (laughs) Ah, Black Flag? When did Nervous Breakdown came out? 78? 78, yeah. When did uh, the first, when did the first Wipers album come out? Um, Also, I guess Wire. Is this this real? When did that come out? I don't know. Is this real? Came out in 1980. Fuck. The next right. year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> I, <laughs> you can never, you can never, uh, never be ousted. Um, yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that then, for sure. It needed to happen, but, you know, it was better when Hardcore came along and obliterated everything. And also, Public Image Limited sucks. Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Fuck Horrendous Johnny Lydon or whatever. Oh, you mean uh, the Country Life Butter? Spokesman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like Holy the punk shit. Morrissey. 
Did you know that members of the Wipers have also played in Better Than Ezra? What? <laughs> yeah. What? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I can I can thank them for the Wipers songs and for desperately wanting because that song bangs. You know what's better than Better Than Ezra? I think uh, I I think I I can ride or die for Gin Blossoms for oh, sure. Yo, yeah. yo, I saw the I, I saw the Gin Blossoms over Memorial Day weekend. No it was, shit, that's awesome. It was like a total like state fair type of thing, but uh, they have an album coming out this year. I believe it. Yeah, look, they yeah. got some great songs. They got Hey Jealousy, obviously. Yeah, um, but that new miserable I'll experience stick- is all good. Yeah, uh, yeah, found out about you. Um, follow you down. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The one. What's the one that was on the Empire Records soundtrack? Not gonna pull that one. I don't think. I'm pulling it up because <laughs> I love Empire Records. Oh, it's so I have a, good. No, it's a terrible movie, but I love it. Uh, I have a Mark Sucks pin. Do you really? I do. Um, it, it goes on my apron at work. Oh, better than Ezra are also on <laughs> that soundtrack, but. Uh, the Jim Blossom. Till I hear it from you, that's a okay. great. Song. Yeah, they're a good band. Yeah, that's a that's a good shout. Yeah. Jim Blossoms. The so Ergs cover. The Ergs cover. Of, time. Sorry, sorry. I was, I'm going to say that the 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 Ergs cover of Hey Jealousy is even better than the original, though. Oh, never heard so that. Either. It's never amazing. Okay. Over it's overrated. One, one last one. One okay. last one. Okay. Overrated, underrated. Dan Ozzy. Mm. overrated but i don't have like vitriolic hate for him like i just think he's kind of overwhelming and we said this on the heavy snacking but um like he's not as funny as he thinks he is he used to be he really did used to be i i would say perfectly rated because back in the day i thought jaded punk was like super duper underrated and i loved every article he did I love yeah. that. I loved his article where he posited that Hannah Montana were more punk rock. Or sorry, that Miley Cyrus was more punk rock than the Sex Pistols. I love that. <laughs> um, that was like a that was like a hot take done right. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. The, he buys. Yeah, he definitely buys some some stick around points. But we know you go to the gym, man. Like, come on, he does that. <laughs> he's a he's that guy. <laughs> Also on the Empire Records soundtrack, uh, Evan Dando. Is it worth listening to any Lemonheads album nope. that isn't It's a Shame About Ray? Because nope. I love I It's a Shame About Ray. I recently. fucking love My Drug Buddy. My Drug Buddy is like one of my favorite songs ever. And by the way, the there's a vocal melody in Jet Black by Jawbreaker that sounds exactly like the vocal melody from My Drug Buddy. Um, that I'm too much with myself. There's a part in Jet Black, or, or sorry, not in Jet Black, in um, Basilica. That sounds exactly like that. There's an angel. That that one. Yeah. Both, both good songs. Yep. <laughs> All right. Sorry, sorry for dragging that out, Kyle. So we're going to wrap up. This is episode 14 of The E-Word, and this is where we usually shout out where you can find us between episodes. Ellie, where can people follow you? Uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at you don't need maps. Um, I'm a pretty excellent follow, even though I don't post very often. Uh, you can uh, follow me uh, on Tumblr, you don't need maps.tumblr.com. Follow my blog, which, although it's a rather odd and staggered 
update schedule now at least has updates happening again. So there's that. Um, and you can follow me on Facebook too. Uh, you can follow the blog on Facebook. You can also go just facebook.com slash you don't need maps. Find my personal profile. Friend me. Stalk me. It's all good. <laughs> Read the blog. It's rad. <laughs> and Adam, all right. where can people find you? Where can people find your writing? Uh, you know, Cult Nation, uh, noecho.net, uh, and your scene, Y-E-R scene, wonderful folk over there. Um, yeah, you can find me uh, Instagram, I think, is where I tend to spend most of my uh, virtual social time at, uh, at Dolphin Farts with a Z. I just like to say that. Um, <laughs> I'll be stuck with it forever. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these scene fellows? I keep hearing about them. What's um, this? <laughs> I said, who are those Eurocene fellows? I keep hearing about them. <laughs> Check them out. Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Kyle? You can follow me on Instagram at nothingfeelsgucci. Um, that's about it. Probably going to activate my own Twitter pretty soon just for fun. But that's about it. We're going to close out with a song. This one is going to be from the band Slow Goers. Friends yes! Of the sorry! <laughs> friends of the I'm podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Tymir is going to be so happy. Uh, so got happy. an email from Tymir <laughs> about like two minutes ago saying, how do we get a song on the podcast? And I said, can you reply with a specific song within like the next two minutes? Because I'm literally wrapping up the podcast. And I don't have a song, <laughs> but we're going to have that song in hand by the time this comes out. So gonna ride it out with slow goers adam thanks so much for being on the podcast this is a sweet ass episode thank you so much for having me it's an honor i yeah. <laughs> appreciate it all right and this is the slow goers
It's done.